Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Sounders FC Postmatch Show on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Well, at the end of the 90s, it's a one-to-one draw for your Seattle Sounders and Atlanta United. Raul Ruiz scored in the sixth minute. And then in the 85th minute, Brad Smith was called for a foul inside the box. Joseph Martinez hit from the spot in the 86th. The match ends 1-1. Jackson Feltz, Danny Jackson, and Wade Weber, we're here for the next just over about a half hour as we break down this game, the first half and the second half. That ends 1-1 here between the clubs. Sounders now go to 5-0-2 on the season. Uh, guys, let's just quickly start on the penalty before anything else. Danny, we were watching from a couple booths down, and I thought from my eyes it seemed soft. What did you see on the play? You know, I, I think those penalties are going to be called all day long, unfortunately. Um, I think it kind of stems back to Brad Smith was ball-watching a little bit, was kind of watching the play, didn't see Brooks Lennon make that run off his shoulder. And then just your natural instinct as defenders, you're running back, you try to desperately make up for that slight error. You're sliding in, you try to block a cross, and unfortunately for him, Brooks Lennon got, you know, the cross off and, and the follow through connected with him. So, you know, disappointing again, you know, you could say, hey, the Sounders didn't give up a goal in open play, and it continues to streak for this season. Another set piece, but, you know, it just felt like it was coming. And, and we talked about how Atlanta had a lot of the ball in the first half. We're hoping the Sounders were going to try and dictate some more of the pace in the second half. It didn't really happen. I think the Sounders were still waiting for those counterattacks, those transitions, whereas Atlanta really had control in some ways of the pace of the game. And um, they're going to be a decent team. They're going to be okay when they figure out how to create that bounce between offense and defense in their positions. But, you know, the Sounders just didn't... I mean, you could see it from Schmetz. We were saying it from, from, the, from the stands. You could see Schmetz getting kind of animated about the way that the game was going. You could see it was kind of like, you know, methodically kind of plodding along. There was no way they were trying to get the pace going and really force the issue. And, and unfortunately for the Sounders, they give up a goal. Yeah, probably not enough um, quality moments in the in yeah. the attacking half. And I'm not just talking chances to score. 37% of the ball, uh, Seattle just didn't, didn't have it enough. And so you, you got the feeling when they got it that it was always this Let's transition. Let's get up the field as fast as we can. Let's get a goal now. And as a result, you make rushed decisions. They, they didn't dictate anything in, in the other end of the field. I, I say that. Atlanta threatened very little. They threatened very little. That is a penalty. It is. He slides in. Yeah. He doesn't get the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a reaction thing. If you can't get to, to where your opponent will receive the ball, you have to choose a different recovery line. And, and if Smith takes an angle that's slightly towards the front post he can block that anyone can call for a foul you yeah. know and yes that's you know a after the fact uh hindsight etc i i mean it's sounders are five wins and two draws they're, they're playing without nico ladero the whole season they'll be without jordan morris um they're oh, steph fry steph fry's out i mean you're okay so we can be frustrated that they couldn't hang on to a one nil lead and, and for me the frustration 
that I think the first team staff will be feeling is is more the execution in the attacking end. That they 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 wound up sitting deep because they couldn't hold the ball. So you just sit deeper and deeper and deeper and, and basically dare Atlanta to break you down. They couldn't do it through the run of play, but they did obviously from the spot. And we talked about you know the things that Brian would have worked on this last week in practice. It was getting out of the blocks a little bit quicker. They did that. They got the goal. You thought, okay, now they can build on that. And it just kind of fizzled out. And I, and I think what what Brian will be frustrated with. I think you're right. I think holding the ball up, bringing people to play, but it'll be the percentage of possession. When you look back in years past, four, two, three, one easily upper 50s mid 60s percent of possession at home dictate tempo dictate play it'll be an interesting stat as he looks over those last seven games i don't believe we have really dominated possession the way no, we have in the past we haven't it's a different different style different obviously different formation but it's a different way we approach in the game it's kind of waiting 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 and then pouncing we said at the half time that they weren't able to transition quick enough to get that final third and execute on goal but it's something they might have to work on and look at because they can't sit back and be, be below 50% at home even though they continue to get results. Yeah, it clearly isn't possession for possession's sake. That's not what we're talking about. It's you, you're starved of the ball, and as a result, it's it's hard to get out of your end. Right. Make the other team work for a bit, hold it in the other end of the field. I, I know that's what they're trying to do, and there's just yep. a lack of precision in that attacking end. Credit to Atlanta for coming in and, and, and working very hard to make it difficult. But I think the Sounders are probably, you know, looking at themselves saying we could have done better than that. And in 4-2-3-1, you can absorb a lot of pressure because you have the outside players who are already advanced. You win the ball and then you can go because they're already advanced up the field in a 3-5-2 or some kind of hybrid of that. If Brad Smith and Alex Roldan are having to sit back, they can't make up 70, 80 yards yeah, right. on a consistent it basis. It winds up being a 5-3-2. Absolutely. And what you see is you see Atlanta end up just dictating the tempo throughout. They dictated in the first half. They dictated in the second half. And that's why you see the frustration out of Brian Schmetzer because he could see that Atlanta was kind of, in that second half, doing what they wanted. And as, as Seattle's absorbing, we see the substitution of Danny Leva for Will Bruin. They switch to that new formation where at, at, at most of the time you're seeing a total five back there. And... You just can't last for that long, you know. And and I don't. I'm not sure if it's if it's a thing where you can can get Freddie Montero in there and you don't have to change any formation. I'm not sure if changing. I know Danny. We always talk about you know it, late in the second half when you have to change that the number in that back line and we see go from three and we then see just the full on five at times. I'm not sure if that plays into it. But at the end of the day, you got to figure out a way to get at least some more possession so that you don't have the tempo dictated you at you at Lumen Field, which is just that uh, we have friends out down here in the stands, and I, I'm getting text from a guy that says this is hard to watch just because I don't want to see my team at home have a tempo dictated against them. Yeah, I'm telling you what, though, it's <laughs> Brad Smith doesn't slide in there. They win 1-0. Yeah. I, so I, I'm, to, to me, it's... It, it's we're, 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 yeah, not, we're, it's, it's, it's just ticky tacky, just trying to figure out ways that this team can get better right now. It's yeah, hard, but yeah, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it going, they, they won't be happy with uh, some of the carelessness of the giveaways, but you know, you the, the, the effort was there, the intensity was there, they, they put themselves in front, unfortunate to give up an equalizer, but, but all told, you look at the body of work through seven games, yep. they are yeah. three points clear in the supporter shield, to really, the four in the west it looks good and, and when you think across two games how many saves does Stephen Cleveland really had to make <laughs> right I mean I think yeah. I mean in the last game in his first game there was one that bounced up to him and he, he, he caught in the middle of the goal with nice safe hands 
There's a couple around him, but... Alex Roldan has faced more difficult saves right, than Stephen Cleveland right, has. Right, right, exactly. And so, you know, again, when you look at all the positives, you think, okay, that back three that we have right now, it's settled in, same formation, last two games. They're protecting that goalkeeper. We talked about it in post-game after Stephen Fry got injured, is that the job now for that team is to protect the young goalie, give him some time, give him some experience, and just kind of protect him, a shield for him. Yeah. They have done that. They have achieved that. Now it's getting the ball from that defensive part of the game into the midfield and then transitioning up and holding a higher line, holding the ball up in the attacking half of the field. So again, you, you can't defend and continue to play that way for a long stretch of games. You're going to have to start wow. to kind of add other things in. And they've got the team to do it. And Wade mentioned it early on in, in pregame is that this is as strong of a starting 11 as the MLS has right now across the board. Atlanta have a lot of good young players, but when you think about the amount of possession they had and the lack of chances to Wade's point, that's a lot to do with the Sounders and the organization they have in front of the goalkeeper. Absolutely. For the Sounders, it's a one-to-one -one result here against Atlanta United. I want to go back to what we were talking about in the offensive third of the field. And if, in case you're just joining us, in case you missed the pre-match show, Nicholas Ladero is out. He has been out, and he will continue to be out for next week's match. That is due to a uh, right knee pain inflammation that they haven't been able to get under control. Ryan Schmetzer was on KJR with Softy and Dick earlier this week and said the club will be shutting down Nicholas Ladero until after the upcoming international break, which runs until June 19th. That will be uh, the next game after next Sunday against Austin. So when we talk about getting Nicholas Ladero back in the lineup the very very simple question is guys is this is the possession is the what we saw today is it as simple as just simply getting nico back in there and then all problems are fixed no i don't think that possession is necessarily a problem it's it's not it's not that important it's what you do with your possession and sometimes you know uh, you can work really hard defensively and then when you get the ball have have little to show for it the sounders just are very difficult to break down and when they get it they can be pretty lethal in the transition but danny i don't think this is a team that's set up to be a, a strictly a counter team it's not it's not no. bunker and and go I, I do think they they at their best are going to hold the ball and, and pin opponents in like those those wingbacks are in the face of the fullbacks on the other side interesting for me that atlanta matched seattle's formation we haven't really seen seen that too much this year where it's three center backs three center backs mm -hmm. and those wing backs then it's a it's a question of who's tilting on top of who and and seattle were pinned back a little bit deep and i think christian Roldan found pockets of space as he kind of floated out to the outside because the three for atlanta play narrow they play more narrow that sosa was stepping into the midfield at times almost playing as a, as a triangle to receive the ball uh whether it be franco on one side uh and then kind of able to split the point of attack but I think one thing you'll see with Atlanta is that they will bind around their coach. I mean, he's he didn't sit down the whole game. Heinzer is a passionate, tenacious, from a playing standpoint, he was he was that way. I think coaching, you see the, the, the energy and the passion. And they'll bind around that coach, and they'll start to tinker with things and tweak things. You know, for the Sounders, Brian will continue to think about big foundational components, solid, right? Defensively solid is how you win championships. They've got the goal scorer in Rui Diaz, continues to find the way to get the goal. Now it's going to be a factor of who's that, that, that second guy around Rui Diaz. I think that's going to be something that Brian's going to look at because Will Bruin's been in there for a while and he's, he's a good foil for um, Rui Diaz. But, but what are the things that he can bring in that maybe a Montero can bring? And you mentioned it. What does he bring into it? 10 minutes is not really going to show what he can do. He did one drop of the shoulder, pulled a foul, and that's what he can do. So 
does he kind of come into that false number 10 that sits below him? But then who's the guy that goes past him? Is that Roald Dahn? Do they right. play two underneath Rui Diaz? And those are things that Brian's going to have to maybe tinker with. And he's, again, he's going to have another week to figure it out. Because I don't believe Will, Sh Will, Will Bruin has put a shot on on goal or, or off target yeah I don't, I don't think Will Bruin has one shot this year I mean and I've asked I asked now I think the last two pregame shows is that an issue and I guess I'll just ask again is it an issue that Will Bruin doesn't have a shot uh, not yeah I mean uh, it's it's one of those things it's a statistic it doesn't measure right. um, the contribution in its totality and I think Will Bruin has done a lot of really positive things this year. He's done a lot of positive things since he joined the Sounders. And I don't think um, taking a snapshot at this point in the season of that and saying that's a problem uh, can be done without looking at the record of the team. Right. The team is five wins and two draws. He's clearly not <laughs> not doing too terribly, right? And and the work he puts in defensively, uh, some some moments of hold-up play, he gives you more than, than, than just shots and Bruin should get credit having by the way for that, creating the corner of the yeah the having said tonight, that yeah. having said that Will Bruin does not want to have zero shots yeah. Will Bruin is is trying hard to be a part of the of of the success that and and have that be a tangible thing where it's it's not that sort of oh yeah he's 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 occupying space and that's freeing Raul he's not interested in that on its own he also wants to be a contributor. Uh, and I think Will Bruin still defines himself. His game is a goal scorer. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Getting goals. Whereas Montero, goal scorer, he's pivoted his game to be a different type of player. Many more assists, drops in the hole. He can use his body very well. He's a really great player to watch for young kids on how you don't always have to be the most mobile, but just be in the right spot. Three yards here, two yards here, drop of the shoulder, blind side of a defender. He has the ability to bring different parts of this game together. Um, but for Brian, it's that those are the tough choices of the coach, right? Yeah. You know, to, to Wade's point, you know, you've got five wins, two draws, and seven games. Team's defending very well. It always starts from the top. Will Bruin probably adds a little bit of that tenaciousness, closing down that he can provide in that in that offensive side of the field as the first line of defense. Do you make a change, even though you know other areas of the field aren't quite clicking on all cylinders? Do you make a change at this point? And that's, that, that's a tough call that he's going to have to make as a coach. Don't forget, and I hate to say it, that 19-year-old kid who's had a little muscular problem, Josh Atencio, in the mm -hmm. first two games is missing from that midfield. And there's a lot that he does as a, uh, a player that will basically be a foil for Jao Paulo, that Jao Paulo is a little more unleashed when Atencio is in their midfield. He covers yeah. 12K a game, lots of high-speed running. He breaks attacks up. He's uh, he is that maybe that destroyer that they don't currently have that, and yeah. I'm, I'm saying that I'm, that's a lot to put on Josh's shoulders when he's. But you've worked a, a lot with him. You know him so. No, he's he's a yeah. he, he has that capacity. The first team are pleased with him. They want to get him healthy to get back in this mix, but the main man Nico Ladero is going to be healthy soon. And, and I think attention what he showed in, in his in the second and third game was the ability to switch the point of attack. You know, the f cover ground, yet that's certainly an attribute to his game, but he started to show a little bit more as well. The ability to take it, you know, one side, open his body at one touch, 40-yard spray, and we talked about when you have the ability to do that, that allows a Brad Smith and an Alex Waldon to advance 10, 15 yards into soft areas and receive those balls, and then it pushes the entire right. team up the field. Well, there's a number of important injuries from Nico to Josh, Stefan Fry as well. Stefan Cleveland with a good game. Uh, but, you know, there's there's all of these. We have the break coming. One more game. Austin FC coming to Seattle next Sunday. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. God, you would think that 
from the questions and the mood and from all of this, the Sounders would have lost today. It's a 1-1 result. This team is still, as Wade has said, 5-0-2. As Danny said, they didn't have not given up a goal in the run of play now in seven matches. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, and they are now, again, still three points at the top of the Supporters' Shield standings. This team is still at the very top. We are just... It is this mood, and I am feeling this way because it is a late penalty from Atlanta that equalizes this match. Sounders were just a few minutes away from getting all three points, so that is the frustrating part. But again, 5-0-2, top of the standings. It, it, it should be still. It, it, we'll get into a little bit more. I have one more follow-up question on this match, when it's, which is a one-to-one -one result. We'll also get to our Emerald Queen Casino play of the match. We'll look ahead to Austin, the newest team in Major League Soccer, coming to Seattle next week. There's still a lot coming up on this post-game show. More next on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the home of Sounders FC. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. Final score from Lumen Field. Sounders 1. Atlanta United 1. Seattle now 5-0-2 on the season. Three points atop the Supporters' Shield standings here, seven matches into the 2021 campaign. Well, it's now time for the Emerald Queen Casino play of the match. It's got to be the opening goal of this match from Raul Ruiz Diaz in the sixth minute. It's going to be an out-swinging delivery with his right foot. Run into the center of the area. The head is on target! And it's into the top corner from Raul Ruiz Diaz! Another pinpoint delivery from João Paulo. And Ruiz Diaz do what he does best. Finding the back of the net. The play of the match is presented by the Emerald Queen Casino, the official casino partner of Sounders FC. Well, you're listening to the Sounders FC post-match show. Jackson Feltz, Danny Jackson, and Wade Weber were here till about the bottom of the hour here tonight. Uh, today, excuse me, talking about this one-to-one -one result. Uh, Christian Roldan speaking to the media right now. He said, quote, we had trouble playing out of the back. They committed one more guy forward in the press. We elected to play more direct. We couldn't get any second balls. We, were, we, were, we weren't sharp enough in the final third. It was really unfortunate to give away the PK. And and the, I think the question that I want to ask you guys as we wrap up our conversation on this one-to-one -one result is, Wade, the thing that I said 30 seconds before we took the air for the post-game show, and that's, and that's, but at the end of the day, it, when you look at the statistics, it, it does feel like a fair result, does it not? Uh, I can't, I can't argue with that. The, you know, the Sounders probably didn't have enough good, clean um, opportunities. They had those half or those moments when you think if they can connect this pass, they're going to get a chance. Um, they didn't connect enough of those passes, and it, you know, one-one. You, you, uh, you, you'll look over the course of a season. Uh, this might feel like a loss, but you know, you play a lot of games, 34 of them, and uh, I bet the Sounders have some. Uh, that are, you're going to feel the opposite about as well, that maybe you feel like you stole one. This maybe is deserved. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And also I think it's just another piece of the foundational 
build-up of this team. You know, you mentioned they played against three, but a narrow three, one that steps in at times. They played about four high at times. They played almost like three number tens. You know, guys just kind of moving and rotating around. Martinez would drop in, wouldn't always play super high, would sometimes drop in to play with the ball. And they had guys like Brooks Lennon for the goal when he got fouled. They continued to stay high and wide. And you could see Gabriel Heinze, their head coach, making sure they stay when the natural instinct is get back and help your team pinch in he was like no stay high stay wide because one of the things that was interesting is is that they tactically made some tweaks on when the sounders had the ball in the first half they allowed ariaga to get it they, they shifted wide allowed him to pick up the ball and then kind of move up the field and force an ariaga to make the play make the pass and then they were on the second ball so you know they made some tweaks as a team and at the end of the day it's always not going to be black and white these games i mean there's going to be nuances you have to give credit to the other team as well in atlanta coming in and a team that's building with a bunch of young kids and a new coach a new philosophy this is a hard place to come for teams and for a team to come in and get over 50 percent of possession with a relatively young inexperienced team with a new coach um you know they will feel good about that in Atlanta. And I think the Sounders, to Wade's point, is going to look at this game and say, hey, we didn't play the best that we could play. We weren't quite connected. We were kind of make, maybe waiting for something special to happen from a special player versus just what we've seen oftentimes, just kind of all-out pressure and the inevitability of that goal happening. It just wasn't there today. The thing that I'm, I, I, I don't want to speak for Coach Schmetzer, but I, I suspect he'll be most disappointed that the ECS group was back in full and and we couldn't give them three points yeah. Um, yeah attacking that end in the second half especially like you can imagine what that goal would have felt like that made it two nil which would have put the game to bed but again to me small peanuts over 34 games atlanta's a good team that will be a good team this year and um we may very well see him in the playoffs i would love to see him <laughs> yeah i love that too and we talked about it in, in pre-game is that the big foundational components right now are good and solid right yep. we're defending very well we defended a young goalkeeper who really hasn't had to make saves in two games Raul Diaz is scoring goals Christian Roldan looks like an improved play even from last year MLS all-star exactly no yep. question and Jao Paulo sits in the hole again Kellen Rose come into the club continues to give really solid minutes Brad Smith is playing the best he's probably played in his career on a consistent basis, albeit a foul, but that's okay. But in general, he's playing well. He's scoring goals this season, staying with Alex Roldan. A lot of really good things to build from. Now it's the fine-tuning, right? Yeah. You get a new who and say, hey, new who, what's made you successful this year? Get it, give it, and defend. Your attributes are strength, power, 1v1 defending. Get it, give it, and let the midfield do what they're good at. And I think those are the reminders that Brian will tell certain players, and then he'll start to layer on the, some of the improvements that this team will have to make, because this is a good place to be for a coach. Right. Yes. He doesn't have to start from scratch on Monday morning and start to have to build a level of confidence with his club. It's just some fine-tuning. Yeah, because for Nuhu, we saw a couple moments in this game where he looked like the old Nuhu, and he's making those runs. It's like, all right, dude, you're, you're one of the three center backs now. You, you can't make those runs like you made as the left back for you know the last few years. So, you know, I, I think for myself, and I know for a lot of fans who are leaving the stadium right now listening to us, and you may be riding in your car right now, and you may be feeling, God, it feels like a loss. At there, are, there are reasons I get it to feel like that, and we're all kind of processing these emotions right now as fans. But 5-0-2, zero goals against in the run of play, and we are just trying to pick these fine things here so that this team can get better and can go on, beat Austin next week. And at that point, you're at June 19th, and if you don't lose to Austin next week, you're at June 19th and you haven't lost a game yet on the campaign. 
that's a pretty good spot to be sitting at. So that's really kind of where we're at. Uh, one to one, the final result here against Atlanta today at Lumen Field. Before we get a break, uh, very quickly, a couple pieces of news that happened. First off, it was a piece of news earlier this week, and that's that the Sounders have selected Stanford goalkeeper Andrew Thomas off waivers following the conclusion of the NCAA season. Seattle traded $50,000 of general allocation money to Chicago for the top pick in the waiver process, which then they selected goalkeeper Andrew Thomas with. The other piece of news that I want to ask Wade about here is that the Sounders signed defender uh, Abdullah, which I, I think most people call him A.B. Sissoko. Uh, it's, he's a 6'3 French center back. Wade, uh, you obviously worked with him down there at Tacoma. Tell us a little bit about what the Sounders are signing in here. Well, he's, uh, he's a 6'3 center back. He had um, good feet, can play on the right or the left, uh, pretty good in the air. His size would indicate that as well, um, physically strong. One of the things that uh, I know impressed the coaching staff about him was the fact that he, he doesn't mind to scrap. He and Will Bruin, it seems like uh, you can almost set your clock to uh, their, the little shoving match that ensues at the end of it's it's all you know arm in arm when the when the, when the the game is done but uh, he, he he doesn't mind that he's got a cool head as well he t he took penalties for Tacoma Defiance a great stoppage time equalizer down in Los Angeles but that that process of signing him had already started uh, before that it was not the penalty kick that sealed the deal <laughs> uh, they just waited on you know some visa international clearance things so he's he's solid he's um you know ariaga will be headed to Copa america um they're playing three center backs so and with jordy delam out for the season and he was getting that center back work it makes sense that you're going to bring in some depth he's not ready probably at this point in his career to be a everyday starter at center back but he is young he's a 99 birth year and he's got a lot of uh, a lot of positives that you give him some experience and he will grow into the position i'm convinced so the sounders have signed defender ab sissoko we'll talk about more him on sounders weekly coming up on tuesday but for the team's next match as we mentioned that's austin next sunday here at lumen field let's dive into that match a little bit talk about the expansion side austin fc who played later tonight and continuing to break down uh what the sounders have ahead of them ahead of this international break coming up at the start of june more coming up next on sports radio 950 kjr you're listening to the home of Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Welcome back to the Sounders FC post-match show. Seattle getting a draw against Atlanta 1-1 here at Lumen Field. Raul Ruiz Diaz with a goal in the sixth minute, and then a penalty. Joseph Martinez puts it away in the 86th. That equalized the match, and it ends 1-1. Now, you can tune in next Sunday, May 30th, when your Seattle Sounders face off against expansion side Austin FC in the club's final match before the June international break. You can watch the 6.30 p.m. contest on FS1, or, of course, I encourage you to listen right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, and for Spanish language, check out El Rey 1360. Next Sunday's match is presented by Delta Airlines. Now, you may remember, in case you have your, your schedule on your desktop or your phone wallpaper like I do, this match was originally on Saturday the 29th at 1 p.m. It has been moved again to Sunday, May 30th. It's going to be 6.30 kickoff, 6 o'clock pregame right here on KJR. But wait, I see we have the roster. I was taking a look at that exact webpage earlier this morning, checking out this expansion side for Austin. Uh, they're right now 2-3-0. and oh. They got a match coming up later tonight in Nashville. What do you make of this uh, this this Austin team? Yeah, they haven't filled their roster with... Uh, it's, I find it fascinating. The whole expansion 
expansion process in in American sports because it doesn't exist really in other other parts of the world that you have like glamour owners David Beckham Matthew McConaughey right, Will, right, right. Will Ferrell down in, right. in, in, in company down in LA like uh, we had Drew Carey right. you know that so yeah. all, all of these kind of these these teams that it's it's more about the hype and it really comes down to substance when Seattle put a team on the field uh, in 2009 they built it around Casey Keller uh, s- solid picks in the expansion draft good use of the of the college draft to get Zakawani um, and they were consistent winners and have been ever since I'll be really curious because they've they, they haven't brought in glamour signings Tomas Pacchettino our Argentine decent midfielder good good midfielder not again we're not talking Iguain you know like in Miami David Beckham another one right they, they bring in glamorous players and um, ones are going to put fans in the stands. I, I don't. Th- I think Austin have tried to build a good foundational MLS team. Matt Beasler, uh, that sort of player who is a, a good veteran center back and to give you the steadiness that you need over a long season. Um, and Josh Wolf is a is a, a young, um, not that young. But <laughs> I played against him, so he can't right. be that young. <laughs> but uh, a, a, a coach that I think is has. has has put his time in and, and learned his craft on the side. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch their progress. You, you think, uh, do Texas need three MLS teams? Um, the state's big enough, but you know they, yeah. they hardly support the sport as they do say in California. Right. Um, but I, I think that this is a team that um, it will be it will exceed expectation because they've built a foundation of steady solid mls veterans on which nashville had some success last year yep. same basic template and i also think from a coaching standpoint you're not bringing somebody in from outside that has to learn the whole mls draft collegiate kind of process josh wolf has been there he's been an assistant coach when you think about the franchises who have done very well out the gate ziggy schmidt comes in to provide that foundational component here. You have Bob Bradley down at LAFC. I think Martino, we mentioned at Atlanta, came in as a little bit of a different animal. He came in, you know, not with the MLS experience, but with the experience of coaching yeah. and, is, and from a franchise. So I think Josh Wolf is probably a good, solid, you know, basis to work from. He knows the league. He's played in it. He's coached in it from an assistant standpoint. And I think you're right, Wade. I think just they haven't tried to overreach. They've just said, hey, let's start. So this is a a journey yeah. it's a marathon not a sprint we don't have to go out and kind of sell everything you know and you never know we mentioned off air about covid and about the impact that that covid had financially maybe they said hey listen let's just get this under wraps let's get a solid start we've got a new stadium like you said we've got ownership that from a marketing standpoint can put the name out there and let's just get off to a steady eddy start and then add to it once we have some stability that's a good point josh wolf 44 years old he spent you know 14 years in major league soccer he spent with six years as assistant with columbus i believe they won their their mls cover went to their first mls cup yeah or no yeah yeah he they went to the mls cup against portland when he was an assistant there that's correct uh, he wasn't there in the 08 uh, MLS Cup Championship year. So he spent a lot of time now taking over here at the head coaching job of Austin. Uh, so that'll be a match here at Lumen Field. Once again, it's going to be a 6 p.m. pregame, 6.30 kickoff right here on KGR at Lumen Field, Sounders in Austin, and then comes the international break. The next match after that will be on June 19th down in Los Angeles against the Galaxy. So in that large break, we then see guys like Atencio, hopefully Nicholas Ladero, maybe even Stefan Fry get healthier 
get, can get back then for after that break. So that's going to be very helpful. But hey, listen, this team is right now 5-0-2. They're three points atop the Shield standings. They're in a fantastic spot. Still zero goals given up against in the run of play. Uh, just a fantastic start to the 2021 season for your Seattle Sounders right now. And if they can go into this international break still without a loss and without a goal given up in the run of play, uh, that'd be a heck of a mark to have. Well, so that's the match coming up. Austin, next Sunday, 6 p.m. here. We'll also have Sounders Weekly on Tuesday at 7 p.m. We'll visit with a player. We'll talk to GM Garth Lagerway. Uh, we'll also preview Austin. Chris Bills, uh, who is a rider down in Austin for the team, he will be joining me on Tuesday evening to preview the match coming up next Sunday. But back here at Lumen Field, it's one-to-one -one final against Atlanta. Thank you all for listening here tonight. Thanks to Craig back in the studio, Terry Ryan here on site, the best in the biz, Danny Jackson and Wade Weber here in the booth. My name is Jackson Feltz. We all thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you both next Sunday for Sounders and Austin, also Tuesday night for Sounders Weekly. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Sounders FC Postmatch Show on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Tune in next Sunday, May 30th, when your Seattle Sounders take on Austin FC at 6.30. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.